Welcome back to another episode of the Checkerboard Chat. I'm Josh Lane, joined as always by Ethan Riley and Andrew. Another another big, exciting week for Tennessee sports. Uh, basketball is winding down their regular season. You know, baseball and softball, they're just kicking their season off. So there's a lot of things going on. Um, lots to talk about today, but just first of all, how we all doing here today on a Monday morning. We've had some an adventurous time getting this getting this thing recorded, but I think we're good now, good to go. Yep, still still pushing P, you know, do all we can. Um, I'm, I'm not. You're not pushing P. I'm tired. P. I'm so tired. I've, I've called the wrong people this morning. I set up my card. I'm out of money. It's yeah. just all sorts it's of stuff. a lot of college things. <laughs> At least it was a, a, good, a good week for sports on Rocky Top yeah. for the most part. Yeah, that's yeah. true enough. That's true enough. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm really riding high off of this weekend. I just been watching baseball agree because, man, it's, it's, it's tough otherwise on a Monday morning. Josh is in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, this is Josh's peak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only thing, and I know Andrew, we, 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 you had it too, we just getting sunburned at the game yesterday. It was, it was like 50 degrees in the sun for sun. four hours. Yeah, it's hot. So. Yeah, I saw I saw the worst of both worlds this weekend because Friday afternoon I was sitting in 30 degree weather while Josh was in the in the press box just living the high life. <laughs> well, it wasn't that high life because yeah. some clowns in the press box decided to open the window. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There it is. The pre- you know the walk-up music and everything. Mm. And so then it got a little cold in there. It it look it wasn't 30 degrees mm. so. I felt so bad for you. Whose call was it to open the window in the press box? I don't want to name you. (laughs) (laughs) To hear 30 seconds. I have an idea. (laughs) Yeah, idea. Next week on the checkboard chat, we rank the the uh, Tennessee baseball team walk-up songs. I'm here for this. I'm here for this. I'm actually I have a feature writing class, and I'm I'm definitely considering writing for this first story I have to do about. Tennessee walk-up songs. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. What was the best one? What was the best one from the weekend? I like, uh, I can't remember whose it is. Somebody has a Jay-Z's, Jay-Z song. It's pretty okay. awesome. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Beck has the Circle of Life from The yeah, Lion King. That's, that's and cool I, one. that one's close to me because <laughs> as, a, as a Mets fan, you know, and a used to have that. That was mm. back in his prime. And he would walk yeah. out to that. So. It's different for you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, or you off on a rabbit hole. Let's, let's talk about Tennessee basketball. <laughs> They had a they had a big week. Started out strong um, by beating Kentucky at home. Again, that was a game. Kentucky made it close a couple times, but really Tennessee was in control for most of that one. Um, then Saturday, balls on the road to Arkansas had their worst offense performance of the season. There's a lot going on there. Um, but just start out. What are the biggest takeaways from Tennessee Tennessee basketball's week? It showed the duality of Tennessee basketball. I'd say <laughs> you. you, you. At home, beat Kentucky. Very similar to the way that they beat Arizona. They look dominant while doing it. You know, everyone leaves that building thinking, this. if, if this team shows up in March, if, big if, that's a Final Four team. Because they are. They embarrassed Kentucky. It really wasn't close throughout. I mean, the Wildcats made a bit of a run in, in the later stages. Got it, I think, within eight at one point. But even that, that's that's nothing really to sneeze at, I feel like, for Tennessee. Like, they had control of that game the entire time. And then travel down to Fayetteville, and it's the exact opposite. It was Texas Tech Part 2. Such an awful game. And, I mean, it doesn't help that it wasn't officiated well. And that's not even making excuses. That's just how it was. It was an un- unwatchable game. Not necessarily just because Tennessee... And Arkansas weren't shooting well. It's just they, they didn't have a chance. Every 30 seconds, there was a foul call, and there just was no flow. Rick Barnes even said after the game, there was no way we could get into a flow. And if he's complaining about officiating, that means something. That, that legitimately means something. But, I mean, to get off that, Tennessee wasn't helping themselves. They, they had 15 turnovers. They could not shoot the ball worth anything. I, I believe they were 30%, maybe 27% on the, on the day. Shot 4 of 24 from deep. It's just it's not a recipe for success. Yeah, I I think the thing that kind of worries me a little bit is just some of the inconsistencies we've seen from some players. Like you see, John Fulkerson on Kentucky scored twelve points and six rebounds, and then Arkansas, I don't think he even scored, or did like, maybe a couple of points. Two points. Two points. Two points. So I I don't know. And obviously Rick Barnes after the game talked about the lack of inside play, and that was evident because, well, the thing about me, Euros, I don't. I, he had a great run. He did. I just don't know if it's time for him to be in a lap anymore because when he's in, it's four on five. Let's just be honest. Because when he's out there, there's no spacing. 
Uh, Jalen Williams for Arkansas literally sat in the paint the entire time Europe was in there. So I I get that uh, Ravarns wants to do Eurosh and BHH and Lana, but I don't know if that's working anymore. Spacing is just not there. So I just think for me it's just the inconsistency from some players. Like Kennedy played fine, Zakai played okay as well as they could have lack of shooting. But like Folky, uh, Josiah kind of had a has had a rough week. Hadn't really shot that well lately since maybe Carolina or A and M. So I just think for me, just some of the inconsistencies we've seen, especially inside, just hasn't been there as of late. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the win on Tuesday is huge. And Saturday, I don't think you count off as like a horrible loss. You don't. Uh, I mean, no. I don't think many people were expecting Tennessee to go in and beat Arkansas on the road for the first time since 2009. But um, I obviously didn't get to watch all the game because I was covering baseball that day. But from what I did see, you know, when your players get in foul trouble that yeah, much, that was... there's just only so much you can do on defense. Yeah. Um, you don't want to – I mean, you got four fouls with ten minutes left. You don't mm-hmm. want to be guarding them at half court, getting you know silly reach-in fouls. So just that lack of aggression just kind of kills you when you get fouls like that. And you kind of just – I guess the only thing you can do in that situation is hope you don't get in foul trouble yeah. mm-hmm. and then shoot the ball better. Yes. <laughs> I mean, simple as that. And when Kennedy picks up a, a cheap one before the half, his third one, mm-hmm. that that really kind of killed the momentum of any yeah. kind of – because he didn't play for the first seven, what, seven minutes of the second yeah. half. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that – that, like you said, foul trouble really killed him. I don't, like you said – that, that that loss wasn't like a bad one for any stretch of the imagination. So it, it just happens. It's just I just wish they could have played a little better. Obviously. Yeah, and then even on the offensive end, as far as the fouls go, you know when the refs are calling that many charge calls, you don't want to be. You're not going to be as aggressive. It gets in your head. Lane. Yeah, yeah, it gets in your head a lot. So yeah. you know it's th- those kind of fouls just really kill the momentum and yeah. kill the flow of the game, like we all talked yeah, about. Yeah, it, it was something I wrote about actually that, that Barnes said. Look, they're calling the fouls. Like when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. I might, I may not agree with them, but you just kind of have to live with it. Yeah. You know, that's something. Like we told you, hey, they're gonna be trying to slide under that. They're wanting to draw charge fouls, and and really Tennessee just didn't really heed that advice. Even if some of them were not good calls, mm-hmm. which Kennedy's last one was not a good call. No. Viscovi's fourth that held him out for most of the yeah. most of the rest of the game. That kind of started the run that Arkansas yeah. went on. That one was not a foul. But when it comes down to it, you cannot put yourself in that situation yeah. at the same time. And, I mean, for Arkansas, they were getting some cheap ones, too. Like, Notay's last call, that was a pretty bad one, too. So Notay's was terrible. Notay's was awful. Yeah. So, I mean, there there were some going both ways, but it did feel like Tennessee was getting the bad end of the stick. There was three people and four fouls. So, and you, I, one thing, last thing, too, there was a lot of lineups that had not seen the floor at all that entire like, yeah. season. Mm-hmm. So, right then and there, you just know it's just not Tennessee's day if that's just the way it's going. There so. was, I mean, just, just – to put credence to that, there was one at the end of the first half. I think it was Jemai, mm-hmm. Huntley, Hatfield. Was it Powell or Bailey? It, it was Powell, Fulkerson, and somebody else. But it was like, it was like. What are they doing? There were no starters on the floor, I don't think. No. It was incredible to yeah. watch. I was like, what's what's going on here? Why is this? And then you look, you look through the thing, and it's like, oh, yeah, Barnes doesn't play players with three fouls. No. Kennedy has three. At this point, mm-hmm. Zakai had two. Mm-hmm. Josiah, I believe, had two, and he was Best a fouling machine. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he <laughs> so, was. I mean, his were legitimate. Well, Josiah, yeah, yeah. Josiah's were legitimate. But, I mean, I don't you can't play the game when you got people in foul trouble. That's no. it's it's as simple, simple as that. So that's that's how that's how you lose games like that because I mean, it's not putting anything past Arkansas. They're the hottest team in the SEC of right course. now. They're one of the hottest teams in the nation. They've won eleven in a row now. Eleven out of their last twelve. Twelve, yeah. And so, yeah, they're they're not a team you want to face no. in, in March. I mean, speaking of that, I do want to talk about the atmosphere at Arkansas. I know y'all weren't there, but mm-hmm. like you said Tennessee hasn't won there since 2009. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that home court advantage has been so big for Tennessee. What? How, how did that play in at Arkansas, just you know, from what you could tell, you know, and then their crowd? Yeah. I mean, for one thing, they had, Bobby, they had Bobby Portis there, and he literally brought the NBA Finals trophy, so yeah. that was already bad enough. Yeah. And they had, I think, with maroon out, cardinal, whatever their color is. They wore maroon jerseys. Tennessee wore their home white. So, I mean, it was already weird from the start. They booed Vescovy every time we got the basketball, which was really annoying. Um, so, it, you could tell, I mean, it wasn't probably the main reason why they lost, obviously, but you could tell there was something in it. You come, you come from Knoxville on Tuesday, one of the most raucous environments all season for Tennessee, to go to that. 
that's a huge swing and a huge favor in the way of Arkansas. And it was pretty evident the way Tennessee played, obviously. So They've got a guy that they pick out, the student section yeah. picks out to boot every yeah, single every game. game. That's insane. I think they literally tweeted. i got to find the tweet. Yeah, they do. They, they, did, they tweeted yeah. out. They're like, this is the dude we're booing this <laughs> yes. time. And it just happened to be Vescovy this time. And, I mean, I'm not sure if it got to him, to be totally honest. He played about like he usually does. But... I can definitely see how that would be a weapon. Like, if you did that to Folky, yeah. I'm sorry, he'd break down. <laughs> like, he couldn't handle the Kentucky one. And yeah, I was like, about to say, Kentucky basically did that in Rook. It wasn't, yeah. like, quite every time. Yeah, Kentucky did pretty much the same thing, and he had zero points in the Kentucky game. So if they had picked him, which it would have been dumb to, because he's not the best player right now. Yeah. But if they had picked him, I mean, I don't, he'd probably be done for the month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shot... Looking here, two for thirteen. He missed eight, eight three pointers. So I did like, not realize he shot two for thirteen. He still scored like seven, seven or eight. Points. Okay, he went two for two from the free throw, and he had eleven rebounds. So defensive. I was about to say, I felt like he contributed in yeah. some way. It must so, have been the rebounds. Yeah, rebounding, he was great. You know, but you know, regardless, I mean, he wasn't so. he wasn't scoring like he usually was, yeah. but. In fairness, nobody else was either. I don't. I don't think there's anybody on the team that was shooting a re, like reliant clip. Maybe yeah. Kennedy Chandler was the best, but that was only the first half. And and kind of like to Riley's point earlier, when he went out with that third foul, he was a different player because he was playing more timid. And you can't really blame him because if he picks up his fourth and Vescovy's sitting there with his fourth, and Ziegler was also in foul trouble, who is going to run the offense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I found the tweet. The social media is called Boo This Guy at Bud. <laughs> and they said, number 25, Santiago Vescovy, Tennessee's leading scorer, but that will change at 3 p.m. today, and Bud Walton obliterate him. Well, <laughs> it worked. It man. worked. They were right. Yeah. It was pretty awesome, honestly. Yeah, I, mean, I love that, but I also hate it for yeah, just the, a viewing standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you mentioned something earlier about potentially changing up the lineup. Mm-hmm. I think we've been talking about that forever. Yeah. I mean, is there any better time now to switch the lineup to bench Uros or Brandon or, you know, start Zakai? I mean, I thought it was interesting. Rick Barnes the other day said that John Fulkerson prefers to come off the bench. So, mm-hmm. I don't know him or even Jonas at this point, he's been getting more minutes. So what's your thoughts on that? I'm being 100% serious. I think I do should start. I, 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 th- I think he should be the starting mm-hmm. four, or at least, I don't know, maybe in starting five and move. I don't know. I don't know what you'd do there. Maybe have Folky at the four, maybe have Euros. I guess that's a little different. But yeah. get him in the starting lineup. Because that dude, he's not perfect right now by any means. He's rusty. But he has so much potential to contribute to this team in March. And it's exactly what the team needs, too. And the thing that I found weird about the Arkansas game that I, I don't think is really that important, but it's still a little strange, is that Barnes didn't really play him much, mm-hmm. especially in the first half. Yeah. Like, I feel like in a time where you kind of needed a spark, maybe even something more on defense when Arkansas was hitting their shots early, I, I feel like I do is, like, the perfect dude for that. Mm-hmm. And he just he saw 16 minutes of action. Mm-hmm. And I think in that 16 minutes he got, yes, yeah, six rebounds, which is insane yeah. in, in 16 minutes of play. And it's like every time that dude comes on the court, he's at least contributing rebound-wise mm-hmm. and often contributing as just like a Rudy Gobert-type presence in the middle. Like the dude can just stand there, and I get he's six inches shorter than Gobert, but at the same time, he's dominant. Yeah. Like it's hard to – I mean, if he's yeah. if he's packing Oscar Shibway, you might want to start thinking about yeah. giving that guy some more minutes. just my opinion. Yeah. But. I, I'm going to agree with you because Euros right now, like I said, he had a great run against Vanderbilt, LSU. I think right now, I don't know if Jonas, I mean, a dude just has that kind of energy. Like, he's, like, wanting to be out there. I'm not saying Euros doesn't want to be out there, but it doesn't look like it. He's just not playing to what he did a month ago. And Jonas needs to be out there, and he's supposed to pour more on Euros. He's made that 50-foot jump shot. That was beautiful. So he actually has a threat of shooting, whereas Euros is nothing good within five feet of the basket. Yeah. So I think that could happen. I would say keep BHH in because I think Folky off the bench right now is a really good kind of a just a good off the bench little spark. But at the same time, I get Barnes wants to play you know big to start, but he always ends small. Mm-hmm. So it's just like at that point, why not just start small and just keep it that way? I just don't want him to play people who are not I wouldn't say useless, but just don't provide good minutes and just. Just go with the way you know it should be like play small because that honestly has been working best for Tennessee is going small ball. Folky at the five, Adu at the five, and then Josiah at the four, Vescovy, Chandler, and Igor. Yeah, and I'm I'm big on that three guard lineup, mm-hmm. but I also understand the appeal of bringing Ziegler off the bench. I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I think this week in a game like Missouri, 
why not just try it out and see how it goes? I agree. If it doesn't work, you make a change. If it does, you know, keep going. But um, the, I think the difference between I do is, and, you know, he's not a, he's not a defensive liability no. like some, like, smaller big guys are. So I think if you start him, you're not really losing much from, you know, the defensive standpoint in Euros. But you're also gaining so much on offense that, you know, yes. it's almost worth it just, just to give it a shot. Yeah. You know, like we said, this next week is kind of, not this next week, but this next game is kind of a good chance to just Agreed. make some adjustments, mm-hmm. see what works. Rewind the clock a month. You've got five post guys that you could lit- – well, four, I guess four, but you, we can throw a do in there just mm-hmm. for the purpose of this. Five post guys that you can legitimately play. You've got Olivier Kamwa who can do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's, He was a great player. He was, he was pretty obviously the best front court presence that Tennessee had. Yes kind of shoot wherever he wanted. Like, just a guy that could get a bucket at the same time but also run back and get a block shot at the other end. I don't think there's anybody else currently on the team post-wise that can do that. No. I'd say closest is I do, though. Yeah. Because Huntley Hatfield has shown sparks, has mm-hmm. shown, like, little runs of him being able to do that. But none of the four am I confident in right now. Yeah. I'd honestly say because we haven't seen him do that much, because we haven't seen exactly what he can do, mm-hmm. and from what he's showed us, I see no reason why Adu should be oh, sitting yeah. on the bench because Euros, like you said, has kind of lost a step. I'm not sure what's up. I can't pinpoint it exactly. Sure. Huntley Hatfield, to be totally honest, has been a little disappointing, but he's yeah. a freshman. freshman. I think he'll figure it out. I'm not worried about him, yeah. but but right now in the season, it just doesn't make much sense for him yeah. to be starting, even if the team is saying it. And then and then Fulkerson's kind of the same, kind of the same way, just older. Like yeah. he's he's shown he can have really good games like he did against Arizona, like he did against Kentucky. But, mm-hmm. man, if you can't get that out of him, the dude's just kind of standing there and, and kind of running laps. Yeah, no, I agree you know? with you. And so you get a guy like Jonas who's shown, hey, I can block Oscar Seaboy three mm-hmm. times in one game. Yeah. I can put up seven points against a top you know, a top team in, yeah. in 15 minutes of play. I can, I can get six rebounds in 16 minutes of play. If he can do that and he's been doing it consistently in all mm-hmm. the games he's been playing – I yeah. just don't see why that guy's sitting on the bench. He should be yeah. getting 25 minutes yeah. a game, I agree. in my opinion. I mean, Barnes has said numerous times he's the best shot blocker on the team. So why not play the guy? And he showed it against Sheboy and others you know, this past week. So why not play the guy? He's showing he can perform. And I'll say it, if he sucks... So be it. <laughs> you got to When you get to March and you're going up against a Kofi Coburn, when you're going yeah. against Oscar Sheboy again yeah. in March in the SEC tournament... Josiah is not going to be able to do that. No. Euros is not. He's. I mean, he's someone's going to cook Euros. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> no, going to happen. Like, yeah. I mean, if if you get a team that has a fantastic guard and a guy that is as dominant as say a Coburn, say that guy from Western Kentucky, even, I he's just going to get yeah. he's going to get cooked. Yeah. It's simple as that. So yeah. you got to find a dude that at least you can put in and say, just hold your head above water for three minutes. That's all we need. Yeah, and at this point of the season, you know, you got two weeks left in the regular season. Don't you want to make sure that these guys are ready to go if they need to come in? I mean, even if you don't plan on giving them a start in March, don't you want to, if you're Rick Barnes mm-hmm. and the coaching staff, don't you want to at least be able to, to look at your bench and say, hey, these guys have played a big games. They can yeah. come in if, yep. if Fulkerson and uh, Hunley Hatfield and um, Euros get in foul trouble. So. I also want to bring up one more thing. Do you guys think it makes any sense for Dustin Powell and Victor Bailey to be playing at all? I mean, Powell's big thing. I was about to say, Powell's big thing is he can make threes, and he's not been making threes lately. Yeah. Really. I, mean, I guess he's gotten much. better defensively, but I don't know. When your calling card is, you're a sharp shooter, shooter and you're yeah. flanking everyone. I don't know. I'll, I'll say it before Riley says his point. The only reason, in my opinion, that Justin Powell and Victor Bailey should be getting minutes is foul trouble. I really believe that. I don't yeah. think they bring anything else to the team right now, and I'm yeah. sorry that might be mean, but if you're not going to hit your three-point shots as a three-point shooter, he's supposed to be a Callan Grady type yeah. of person, and he's just not yeah. right now. I'm sorry. Like, that oh, might yeah. be a little mean, but when it comes down to it, he's taking minutes that other people could be using to learn to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no reason on planet Earth why Justin Powell should be in for Zakai Ziegler, unless there is foul trouble, yeah. just in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, kind of just real quick on yours. Yeah, I, I, if you pick one, it's got to be Powell over Bailey. I think we've seen it. Bailey's had a good run here. He had a great game against Texas, but then Arkansas, he just had just some sloppy play, sloppy minutes, terrible passes, defense, whatever. So I say Powell over that. But kind of one more thing off, like, big men, we're going to see it Saturday against Kessler. So you want to show – I mean, if yours wants to show us something, do wants to show it to us again, Kessler is, what, 7-1, 7-2? Yeah. So you talk about – 
a guy who's a big guy like you just say Cobart and Sheboy, you're going to find out again on Saturday. Yeah. So something needs to be shown, whether from a do or Euros, whether or not who's going to be able to play or not. Real quick on Powell, I agree with you guys. He shouldn't be taking up minutes that other players could be getting. But I do think one thing about him, he's not – he shoots maybe two threes a game for now. Mm-hmm. That's now. true. And he misses both of those. I think that just kills his confidence and he just mm-hmm. doesn't want to shoot anymore. Because, yeah. you know, we saw in the beginning of the season he could drain a couple. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. can. Yeah. I, I mean, think if he can four find... for four or something in one yeah. game. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a good shooter. I, yeah. mean, I don't think anybody's disputing that. But just the way that Barnes, and I'll let you finish, but the way that Barnes is, is running this team right now, it's just not a catch-and-shoot type of, like, Open t- not like you got to move without the ball. Vescovy is is running a marathon trying to get the <laughs> yeah. ball every single time, and he does, and that that's it's just worked out well. But Justin Powell just I don't know if he hasn't figured that out yet. I don't know what it is, but he just expects to sit in the corner, get the ball, and shoot, and that's just not going to work in the SEC. Yeah, and I just think you know just lastly, he he needs to spend these next two weeks getting ready or getting over this mental block that I think that mm. he probably has in his head right now, um, and just be able to go in there. Maybe just for a few minutes for the game, and just hit a three if he needs to, you know. Because that's, I mean, that's what that's, that's what his role is. That's all Barnes needs from him is to yeah. hit a three every once in a while. And man, it feels like he hasn't drained one in, in a, a couple weeks. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know if it's like you said, if it's confidence or if it's just being worked out of the game plan. I, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure yeah. where that would be. I can't quite pinpoint that. Yeah. But, but he's a different player right now. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the last time Justin Powell made a three. One, two, three, four, five games. So last time, two for three at Texas A&M or wow. in that game. That was like three weeks ago. Yeah, that was a uh, February 1st. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Is that the last time? And I mean, I get there's other ways to shoot from three, but that seems to be all Justin Powell does. Has he scored in that time? I mean, um, two points. Against, two points. Against and two. Uh, against Vanderbilt, and I think they were free throws because he didn't make a field goal that game. So it's it's been a tough February. Has not been kind to Justin Powell. And and let me say also, like I mean, we're not saying this dude is getting twenty minutes a game. He got six minutes against Arkansas, yeah, and and still scored zero points in those six minutes. But I think Kentucky he played around ten to fifteen, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, if if we're gonna be playing this guy at all, like he's got to be scoring something. something. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, looking ahead, we mentioned Tennessee had traveled to Missouri Tuesday night, host Auburn. That'll be a big game Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, where's Tennessee's like outlooks looking right now? You know, latest projections and everything. Obviously, Tennessee had a chance Saturday um, to make make some ground on Auburn when mm-hmm. they lost to Florida, but that didn't happen. So, what's where's Tennessee standing right now? As far as SEC, Tennessee would need a miracle. I mean, if, if they're if they're wanting to get a one seed when the regular season, that's it's still possible, but I I don't see it happening. Um, if if they had beaten Arkansas, it was honestly probable yeah. in my opinion because would have you been know, a game behind. They would Auburn? be tied with Auburn. I'm not sure how the, I think they would get the one seed because they would have beaten Auburn and like they would combine for the regular season championship but I think since they would have beaten Auburn to get there they would have gotten the one seed yeah. now I could be completely wrong about right. that so yeah, so I'm take right. that with a grain of salt yeah. but like moving forward winning the SEC is going to be very difficult it's it's mm-hmm. simple as that so and that's mostly because this this game against Arkansas in my opinion was the hardest game that we had left that Tennessee had left um you know you have Auburn you have Arkansas again but both of them are at home and Tennessee's sure. playing super super well at home so I'll be honest I didn't expect Tennessee to win this game it would have been incredible if Tennessee had yeah. walked into Bud Walton and won this one because yeah. Arkansas is playing very well right now yeah. I did not think they'd lose in the way they did but I don't necessarily think that means that Tennessee is out of things and that they've just fell off the ladder I think they're still plenty fine. I think they're in good position right now. Mm-hmm. They just need to kind of make sure that doesn't happen again. Like if they go to Missouri and they drop another performance like this, yeah, yeah so maybe maybe you got to something to worry about. Just because you can't score the basketball on the road, which seems like an important part of winning games. Yeah. But but no, when they get the thing that's that's crazy about it is I have no doubts that when they get back home against Auburn, they'll put up another eighty point performance and play them well yeah. and do the same against Arkansas when they play them again and then do yeah. the same against Georgia. 
Yeah, I think Rick Barnes needs to do the, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Hoosiers. The, yes. The speech where he gets the measuring tape out and shows them this, the uh, link from the three-point line to the yeah. free throw line and everything. Maybe he needs to do that when they go on the road. He might. Travel to Hinkle Fieldhouse and yeah. do that. <laughs> do that. <laughs> it's, it's the exact same. You'll exact find it's the same, same as ours yeah. back yeah. But I think, like we said a couple weeks ago, it's realistically, it'll be a three or four seed, and that's to be expected. As long as they get the top four locked down, which they should, because I think the top four have kind of separated yeah, themselves. They ha- it's, it's, I think I it's think actually it's impossible yeah. for yeah. Tennessee not so, to be at so least. They're fine. They will, get a double, they will get the double bye. I would like to say, though, I think they need to try and get a three seed. And so if they can make it to the semis in the uh, SEC tournament, they don't play Auburn until potentially the finals. But that's kind of whatever at that point. So the top four is fine. Just like you said, let's play well against Missouri tomorrow, get back to normal, regroup, get back home Saturday and football against Auburn. Yeah, uh, this is just a random point real quick. The tie for fifth place is – between five teams right now. Yeah, right. they're yeah. all like seven and seven, seven, something. Seven. Hey, Vandy's yeah. six and eight, so I guess they could sneak in there too. Vandy could be a five seed. That's, that's that. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, Imagine yeah. Vandy five seed in the SEC tournament. No thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, oh, I think you have to get the win over Missouri. You have to. I, and I think they do. You know, Missouri's a decent team, um, especially at home, but. Conzo. Yeah. <laughs> Against your old coach, I guess none of these players played for him. But, no. Um, I think that should be a win. And then Auburn, I think, you know, you get the win last week against Kentucky at home, which I think has to be a huge confidence. It does. Right? Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, they didn't they didn't lock down Sheboy. Nobody's going to lock down Sheboy. Yeah. They contained him. So you got to think maybe you can do the same thing to Walker and they Kessler. Did, they did stop Wheeler and Washington. For yeah. Yeah. They did about as well against Sheboy as you can. Yeah, like, but, I mean, he still got like 13 and yeah. 16, which uh, is insane. But for him, that's light work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what the great thing was, they shut down Grady. He may have, what, scored three points? Yeah. And then he went off against Florida Saturday. Yeah. So I think that, to me, like you said, you do is what you can against Sheboy. Grady, to me, was a big one. Ty Ty wasn't healthy, so that was that's whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but Grady, they shut him down completely. In practice, Barnes was all over the guards yeah. for Grady. Yeah. I mean, I heard the word Grady said probably 30 times. <laughs> he was like, he was like, you got to cover Grady every yeah. single time they yeah. did something wrong. Because the dude just, I mean, he's like Vescovy, like we were talking about earlier. The dude runs a marathon, yeah. and then, I don't know, did you see that one against Florida? He got he got hit in the yes. back. He wasn't looking for yes. the pass. He got hit in the back, just turns around, catches the ball, just casually crosses a guy, and Shoot then it. swishes a three. And, and it's like, what what are, you like, doing? What, what are we watching right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but no, I mean, the dude is such a good shooter, but, but yeah, kind of like you're talking about. Like, he... Barnes knew that Grady was yeah. a big of enough threat, and and that's that's why they shut him down because that's all he let them think about yeah. for mm-hmm. that for that little bit. I don't want to keep rambling about this this basketball team, but what do you think that the win against Kentucky was more impactful for the team or this loss at mm. because obviously Kentucky that's a big win at home, but that's the thing it was at home they were favored, so. I mean, it is what it is. Do you think that loss had a bigger impact on the team? I'd say the Kentucky one had a much bigger okay. impact, in my opinion. And I'm not sure how they're going to think about it, and I'm not sure how Barnes is going to think about it. I'm sure it's going to be asked at some point today. But I hate to go back to officiating, but that team just could not do anything in that game. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. I, there comes a point where, like, you can lose a game like that and you're in a hostile environment and you're not shooting well, which, you know, that's that's a bad thing. But they they couldn't help it. Like, it's simple as that. They could not. It's so hard to judge a game like that because it just, I mean, it, it was hardly basketball, in my opinion. Like, they they had a foul every 30 seconds, and you just can't get into a flow like that. And you're going into a arena where you're probably known to lose anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sure, they lose this game, and it was bad. It was rough. But I don't think it'll hold on, I mean, just in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think this is really the kind of, like, deflating loss like yeah. you saw against Kentucky. You know, yeah. it's a, a team that you're kind of right right there with, and mm-hmm. they play a incredible incredible at home. You get some rough officiating. You know, this, I don't think this loss is going to – I don't think it's it will either. For too long. It, it's it's the way they lost that was different. Like yeah. yeah, sure they played like they did against Texas Tech, but you also have to kind of think about the context. Yeah. Like we're going into a place that we haven't beat Arkansas in forever. The officiating was abysmal. Yeah, and you were still kind of in it. You, <laughs> you know, yeah. you shot terribly. You yeah. turned the ball over fifteen times, and 
I get the score doesn't really say it, but the Vols were within three the entire time. Lot, yeah. Just pretty much the entire time. Yeah, they still lost. That's all that matters. They lost, it's going to go down as a loss. But it's a, I mean, they're not losing at home. They're not losing to a bad team, and I think it'll be fine moving. And if they'd lost, if they'd done that against Missouri, if they mm-hmm. do that upcoming yeah. against Missouri, yeah, yeah you got to start kind of thinking, hey, this might not be great. But right now, I think you just put your head down and move on. I was just about to say, what will my answer will be is if they can come out and play well against Missouri. Yeah. If you can show me you put that loss behind you, not your fault, yeah. refs, whatever, you played crap, like crap, whatever. You put that loss behind you, Poe, against Missouri. If you don't, then that means to me you remember that Arkansas game, you're on the road again against Missouri, and you did that again. Mm-hmm. So my answer will be that, of course, Kentucky means a lot, but show me Tuesday that Arkansas did not mean a lot to you guys. Yeah. Okay. Again, Missouri Tuesday, Auburn Saturday. We'll have full coverage, utdailyweekend.com, as always. Preach, so, plug. Yep. <laughs> Anytime we can. So let's talk about the women's team. Man, they're uh, they're stumbling down the block. Obviously, you lose George Horson, so that hurts a lot. But yeah, they lost twice this week at at Alabama. That's when Horson goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, then go to South Carolina, number one. They actually, I think, did better than a lot of people expected Agreed. against South Carolina, given the circumstances. Um, but they only lost by fourteen there. So again, Andrew Riley, just what are your biggest takeaways from the week? Yeah, I mean, just. The road, the road is not treating the Lady Balls very kindly. Like we have said for the men, They're, the Lady Balls have now lost five in a row on the road. After starting six and zero oh on the road, they've now lost five in a row. Um, obviously, like you said, losing Jordan Horston just does not help the situation. Mm-hmm. She literally is leader in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. She's legit the team. So and that was evident yesterday against Carolina, who had fifty nine rebounds compared to Tennessee's thirty eight, <laughs> yeah. and thirty one of them were offensive. That cannot happen. So and I will agree with you. They played a lot better yesterday than they did on Thursday, which is interesting to me. Without Jordan, how well they played yesterday, and I think honestly it had a lot to do with it. Was College Game Day was there on ABC? The exposure was there, and so they wanted to play well. The motivation was there, but if you ask me. That's not going to happen every time. Mm-hmm. So you, I don't want to have I, – I, I hate to say it, but I like where was the motivation for that against Alabama on Thursday when you were full strength? Obviously not until the last minute. But, like, why – I just hated that that took them – obviously they still lost it, but they still – I felt better about that yesterday than I did watching them against Thursday in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're back home this week. I think they'll regroup. They have to, obviously, Jordan Horston – at this point, I would be shocked if she played the rest of the season. I really would be. They what's, are, her, what's her timetable? They didn't say anything. Okay. Harper and her presser Saturday, they said it's open. Her return is open for anything. Mm-hmm. They're just hoping she doesn't have to have surgery. It's a fracture dislocation. That just is going to take so long to heal, though. So if she comes back, I will be thoroughly shocked. Yeah, so, and if she does come back, yeah, is she 100%? Exactly. You, and at this point, I mean, you don't want to say that they're – not they don't want to have a good chance to make a run, but do they have a good chance to make a run? I don't mm-hmm. know. But do you risk Jordan Horston maybe doing something worse? Exactly. Um, and losing her, you know, for a longer period. Future, of time. yeah, future, yeah. exactly. But I don't know. Um, one thing that kind of baffles me about this Tennessee team is how Tamari Key doesn't average double digit boards every game. I'm just always yeah. like shocked when I don't see like mm-hmm. ten or twelve rebounds next to her name, but yeah. Um, I think one positive about Tamari Key yesterday was, you know, 10 blocks, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good to see her get back to exactly. that kind of just aggressive mindset and mm-hmm. that, you know, defensive mindset. Um, so I think that's one positive thing you take away. Um, but, you know, after last week, I think if you're the late balls, you kind of have to win out these you next know. two games. And they're not going to be easy ones. They no. definitely could lose the rest of the season. But, you know, you're at home against Mississippi State and then LSU, who's really been hot recently. Um, but I think if you want to count this season as a win and not a disappointment, you've got to win these next two games and, and you know, get locked in before the SEC tournament. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That was a <laughs> really bad voice crack. Holy cow. Um, excuse me. Yes. I, yeah. Um, just lost my train of thought. That really killed well, me. let me ask you this, Tim. What's, what's the Lady Vols lineup looking like now with Jordan Horson out? And is, yeah. It all falls yeah. on Ray Burrell now? Yeah. I, I was about that that going my train of thought. Ray Burrell, she did show a lot yesterday. Obviously, she didn't shoot the grudge, but she scored 14 points. She that was the most aggressive I'd honestly seen her all season. Mm-hmm. I felt like she realized, hey, I got to step up, and she did yesterday. She was constantly 
they were giving the ball to Ray. They were going at her. Um, so I, I definitely felt like she showed a lot yesterday. Um, so go, moving forward, she has to be the number one scoring option, no question. Um, and yesterday, too, they just did not shoot well. Alexis Dye was like two for 14. Um, like I said, Ray scored 14, but it was maybe in five of like 14 or 15. So the shooting wasn't necessarily there, per se. Um, still played, you know, as well as you could against South Carolina, who's the best team in the country. Lee Lawson literally is the best player in the country. 19 straight double-doubles, it's ridiculous. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's <laughs> set the record with Sylvia Fowles. So it's just like you did what you could yesterday. And so I, they can take positives, a lot of positives from yesterday. And I think they will go to Mississippi State on Thursday. LSU's a tough one. They're currently second in the SEC right now. Just beat Florida yesterday. So now kind of like the men, though. The top four has kind of separated themselves in the men. So I think a top four should be okay to get to the tournament, but they got two games left. I just want to see how well they play this week. Yeah, and just to reiterate, Ray Rilla has to step up. I agree. Yeah. She's got to have some 15-point, maybe even you know, upwards of 20-point games. Mm-hmm. Jordan Walker also has to step up. Yeah. She's been a player who's, you know, some nights she'll score 15 points, some nights she won't score at all and maybe take two shots. She's got to take some mm-hmm. shots and, yeah. and be ready to be that number one, number two option on offense. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got to run the offense through Tamari Key. Um, they've had the most success this season when they've gotten yeah. her the ball down low. So I think those are the three key things you've got to do coming up. It's just not easy yesterday when you Tamari Key, uh, normally she towers above people. Yeah. And South Carolina had a girl yesterday who was 6'7". Yeah. So it, they, like I said, they tried to give it to her down low a lot. And she still played great. Shout out to her 10 blocks. Just past, Ken, or she's about to, I think she's 17 off Candace Parker for yeah. the all-time blocks in yeah. UT history. Um, she just tied Candace for the most blocks, or for second in the regular season. So she'll probably get there at this point. So like you said, run through Ray, run through Tamari. Jordan Walker, uh, Coach Harper said he has some impressor. A lot has now kind of piled onto her plate now, losing Jordan. So I think they'll figure it out this week. They've got a couple of day, uh, day off today, practice before Mississippi State on Thursday. So Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking ahead at their schedule now. You said Mississippi State, LSU, both at home. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be kind to the Lady Vols. But Agreed. Mission Ray Barova, just what are, what are they looking for? It's their last two regular season games yeah. of the season. What are, what are they looking for to just end on a high note, I guess, before the tournament? I definitely think so. And on a high note, kind of regroup. Yesterday they were just talking about um, just kind of building up their confidence. And just you could tell yesterday they weren't too down about. I mean, yes, they did lose. But I could tell they were happy the way they played. It just tough environment, 18-plus thousand people. More like a sellout for women's basketball. Kind of insane. I love yeah. it. So they – they're, they're not happy with it, but they can build on what they did. Mm-hmm. The last Thursday, they were I, during the press conference, they were all down in the bunch. I could tell it was a rough, rough outing. But yesterday, carry the momentum away, regroup, get better. Uh, just look to girls to get, just get better. New starting five for Abrell now. I think she she's still kind of feeling it a little bit with her knee. Mm-hmm. But I think now with her being the kind of the number one scoring option, we'll see her elevator game and play better. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think the goal at this point is just to end on a high note. I think – People forget that they're kind of still exceeding expectations. I agree. This year. Yes, I think it's just a little bit deflating when you start, you know, red hot, beating some great teams and then start losing a lot. But they're still a great team. They're still exceeding expectations. So I think you just end on a high note with these two wins, or yeah. hopefully two wins, and you know, go into the SEC tournament and try to get out of there with a couple yeah. of wins before the tournament. Kind of going off your point, no one thought they'd be here at this point. Yeah. Like this, like jarring for you know, top four seed. Mm-hmm. Being in the top four, top five at one point this season is just impressive enough for this group of girls who just lost Renaya Davis last year, who was their perennial best player all around. Kyle Jordan Horson is now. Just the elevation that Coach Harper has done with these group of girls elevating to them to the next level. Obviously, Jordan took a huge step this season. Tamara Key's doing what she's doing. Ray Braille still getting back from her injury. But, of course, Tess Darby, Jordan Walker, getting Alexis Dye. Sarah Puckett's a freshman who's playing lights out. Um, so what they've been doing this year still is a, is super, super impressive. Nothing to uh, to hang your heads about if you're Lady Balls fans. So everything is still in front of them, still potential a top 16 seed in the NCAA tournament, top four in the SEC. So two games left. I'm excited to see how well they play Thursday and Sunday. Not to get sidetracked, but Ray Burrell's a senior. Mm-hmm. Where is where is she like standing in the – Draft prospects or last time last that? time I looked, she was top fifteen in okay. draft prospects. So she's a very high, highly touted uh, prospect heading into the WNBA. Even like go to on a down here with an injury. There. I think so. Yeah. I think the talent, the talent yeah. is just there. She's proven in the past. She's a six one guard. Mm-hmm. There's not many that are are six one guards that can dribble the ball 
shoot as well as she can and just uh, score at, at a high level. So I think her, just her, it, it's there. No matter, like you said, maybe down year injury. So I think her, definitely her status is still very highly regarded. Yeah, and I think now that you're the number one option again, that's it's a great opportunity to prove yourself. Agreed, and, and yeah. Just kind of let these draft um, scouts know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still the player that I was so last year, yeah. um, even with the injury. So yeah. it's, it's a great, great yeah. chance for her. Well, again, like you said, Mississippi State, Thursday, LSU Sunday, and then SEC tournament first week in March. So we're, we're on the home stretch for the Lady Vols. It's crazy. Literally two games left. Yeah. This is insane. Four <laughs> games for men, but still two for the women. They, they start before the men's team, or do they just play? Slightly. It was Slightly. like a yeah, week. Like, 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 yeah, okay. maybe a little bit. Okay. Yeah, Nothing like crazy, mm-hmm. but yeah. Okay, cool. Still. Well, utbayweekend.com. Full coverage. I say it every time. <laughs> you have to, though. Everybody's got to know. That's right. I'll, I, I want to jump mm-hmm. in with some breaking news real fast. Um, uh, wide receiver coach Cody Burns just accepted a job with the New Orleans Saints. Well, wow. So okay. we're going to be looking for a new wide receiver coach on well. Rocky he Top. Did. He did, really nice he did do a very That's good job. That's I, I believe I believe the Tennessee coaching staff was at 100% staff retention. I was going to say, and, yeah, this is the first guy. Now they're not. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's... You know, good job for Burns. You know, that's 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 a that's a that's a pretty big step up. He's obviously going to be with Callaway, um, you know, yeah. down there. But, but yeah, that's that's obviously a loss that, that Tennessee's going to have to. He was, you know, responsible for Tillman. Yeah. Bayless had a nice year. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since football. Devontae season. Payton. Payton yeah. had a nice year. Yeah. yeah. So no, that's a big loss for Heupel. I mean, I, uh, I mean, people don't really talk about assistant coaches like that very much. But I mean, him and him and Gardner, I feel like were the guys that Tennessee really could mm-hmm. not afford to lose right now if they're if they're wanting to take a really big step. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like losing Burns is that's that's going to be significant. Can't blame the guy though. It's the NFL. No, so, yeah, yeah. No, definitely yeah. can't blame the guy. I mean, but. he put he put a good season. Agree. So. Good for him. Yeah. Josh Heibel, if you're listening, you got four guys right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be a wide receiver in fifth grade. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you, when I played Madden. I break every single record. I'm, I'm the greatest player caller of all time. I was so bad at wide receiver, they moved it to be to center, and then I quit. Center. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. If you don't know me, I'm about maybe 102 pounds. <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, sign me. So you know Hypel listens to this. He has to be. Yeah, Hypel listens to this. Definitely, he cares. Uh, man, that's fun. Well, on that note, let's talk some baseball on the way out. Um, Tennessee had their their opening weekend, first series of the season. Georgia Southern over the weekend, they won three games. Um, it wasn't really close at all. Georgia Southern had to lead for about a half inning at one point, but even then, uh, everyone was confident that Tennessee was coming back. Um, great pitching. The bats were out. Um, just what was your biggest takeaway, injury from th- the three games this weekend? Uh, I think my biggest takeaway was just some great, uh, some great play from the bullpen. You know, you had Chase Dolander on Saturday. Just, I think he kind of just came in and exceeded expect- expectations by a mile. Same with Chase Burns on Friday. Um, is it Chase Burns? Did I get that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, uh, both Chase. Uh, I was like, double Chase. Um, but yeah, the bullpen was great uh, this weekend. Obviously, you know it's it's Georgia Southern. It's not an SEC team, but um, I think they kind of answered some questions uh, about the bullpen. So mm-hmm. I, I I think that's my biggest takeaway, and just confidence in the bats early. Yeah, absolutely. It's always huge. I mean, I'm gonna talk about the two chases that you brought up. Tennessee had three different pitchers make their debut. Mm-hmm. Two were freshmen. I think Vitel said that's the first time he's ever done that. Wow. So again. We mentioned Tidwell, he's out. Halverson's out. Sewell, we thought would be out. He ended up pitching in the bullpen, like you said. Twice, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, three debuts. But man, Chase Burns, Chase Dollander, they were dominant. Mm-hmm. Dollander had 11 strikeouts in five innings, I think. Wow. They were both touching, you know, 98 the whole game. Mm-hmm. So having just having those two guys, you know, knowing they're only going to get better because they're freshmen and sophomore. You know, and Tidwell, Halverson, they'll be back at some point this year. Their their rotation is 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 looking in better condition, given given the injuries. And you mentioned the bats there too. I mean, outscored Georgia Southern thirty three to three over the weekend. Because again, the question of we've lost a lot of people in the lineup, mm-hmm. but I think I think they put a lot of those concerns to bed. Yeah. With the, pretty dominant weekend at the plate. Yeah, I think this this weekend was a good chance for some guys who have been kind of 
I guess in the backseat um, compared to some some you know uh, players that left last season. But you got Seth Stevenson had a great weekend. Um, uh, Ortega, you know, he shined. It's kind of his not his debut, but like his his first chance to really just step up in the lineup. So I think that instills some confidence into into those guys early on this season. Yeah, Trey Lips gonna lose yeah, all these guys starting for the first time. He homered the first night. Ortega, I think, homered twice yep. over the weekend, starting in second base. Uh, you got something, Ethan? You know, it's really interesting to see these guys that were coming in as, as like pinch hitters from from last season, I guess. Like Christian Scott, yeah. Yeah. He, he was a name I remember from last season that came off, yeah. and he was usually the guy in, in the later innings that would be the pinch hitter. And, you know, all of them did well this weekend. From, from the little bit that I watched, I was watching basketball for the most part, obviously, but I'd have it going on my phone. And yeah. I'll be honest, I was expecting, you know, five to two games. I'll be 100% honest, but yeah. they outscored them 33-3 to on the weekend. And that's, I mean, I, I don't care if it's Georgia Southern. That's got to mean something. Yeah. Georgia Southern's not a bad team. Yeah. Not by any, and it, even with college baseball, it's kind of like basketball where, like, an upset can happen. Yeah. I mean, Illinois run. State just beat Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to, to, to go out and sweep, you know, Georgia Southern, like like Josh said, not an awful team. But, you know, when it comes to college baseball, that's just kind of what happens. Yeah. yeah, I think if you can escape a weekend without – a loss and two shutouts. I mean, against any team, that's a that's a yeah. Not even yeah. just a loss; they whipped them. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I believe like maybe the first three innings of the second game was the only time where it was even kind of in doubt. Mm-hmm. But but if yeah. you're beating teams fourteen to nothing, that's a football score. Yeah, <laughs> so. see, and that's and that's the thing that I think is one of the most impressive. It's just on Sunday afternoons, you've already played two games, especially mm-hmm. if you've already won the series. They're just like, all right, take it back a little bit. There's no pressure for us to win. We've already yeah. got the series. But they didn't do that. That was the one game where they scored in the first two or three innings. They, you know, they were waiting for the, for the sixth inning the, the previous two nights. But they came on and they, I mean, immediately scored, put the pressure on, and they they were with that turned into a blowout. Talk about Jordan Beck. He had a, he had a nice uh, day Sunday after a slow start. Um, their other returners, Gilbert, Luke Lipsius, um, Evan Russell, who's that catcher. They all had good weekends. So again, those returners, they're they're playing the way that they're supposed to, and you have. All these new guys starting for the first time, yeah. they're looking better. Um, again, it is Georgia Southern, but they're not a bad team. They had good pitching, so uh, encouraging signs to start the year. We're we, we not going to mention how Drew Gilbert got that. I was just about Sunday. to say that. Yeah. I was just about to say that. That's the Come one thing on. I saw. I was scrolling yeah. Twitter and I saw another. And I was like, oh, they're playing there back the is. right state one. It was. I mean, there it is. <laughs> but no, but yeah, it's brand new. Love that, that just seems to be his thing. I also want to bring up. You guys were at the game. the The fur coat yeah. is oh, that as gosh. cool as I think it is? Because I, I, I feel like that's yeah. pretty awesome. It's the best thing ever. It, it's yeah. funny because it happened that same that was you know first night of the game, and that same right after that you know Dave Van Horn in Arkansas. I just talked about yeah. you know respecting the game, of playing the right way, and then they go out and lose. <laughs> they pulling out the fur coat. They pulling out the hat for the home yeah. run, winning big. It's hilarious. They it's just, just kind of fitting, honestly. They that's the way care. it turned out to be. Yeah, they don't care. It's, I mean, it, the personality of the team is, is infectious, yeah. I feel like. I, I mean, coming from a guy that had never watched college baseball until last season when yeah. they went on their run, it's like when they're when they're doing that stuff. When you got people swagging on guys hitting home yeah. runs, like and that's that's just that was the thing about Knoxville last year. I I get Lindsey Nelson was a shorter field than a lot of other places, but they're hitting home runs like crazy. And then they put a daddy hat on afterwards, yeah, and it's on. like, come on, that's cool. Come on. Like yeah. I don't care if you don't like baseball, that's cool. That's you cool. got to watch that, and and people have gravitated towards it. I mean, you saw this. This year, the series, I believe it was like thirteen thousand, which shattered an open yeah. opening yeah. weekend record. So yeah, you got you got people that care about it right now, and you got people that are really rallying behind what Vitello is doing. Yeah, I was just gonna touch on that kind of to close out, but the the energy was electric, and it was Georgia Southern. I can't imagine once we get into some of those SEC series, like what it's gonna look like in Lindsey Nelson, mm-hmm. and I think the guys really thrive off of that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you know, there's nothing better than hitting a home run and hitting a bat bat flip, and Lindsey Nelson's you know electric and cheering everything. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say I think what's great about this team is last year. People in Knoxville needed them after a terrible year in football. Absolutely, basketball was down. Obviously, they made the NCAA tournament, lost first round. They needed this baseball team to do what they did last year. And Knoxville loves a winner. And so they came out this weekend, freezing Friday, still 4,000-plus people. 
Vitello has brought everybody to Knoxville. Lindsey Nelson finally getting the upgrades it deserves. So I think this baseball team is definitely here to stay for a very That's long time. That's why I think it's really cool because, yeah. I mean, coming into the season, you don't really know where they're going to be. Right. You, know, you, don't, you don't know if they're going to be able to retain that. Yeah. That potential that they had last season, and, and, then, the and then they go and they go in and beat yeah. a team by fourteen runs, and then yeah. put on a fur coat afterwards. It's, and it's yeah. like, no, they're bad. Yeah, <laughs> they like they're they fine. they still might not they still might not be the team they were last season yeah. because yeah. that was you know that was next level. But no, they're yeah. Vitello's not changing anything. No. I feel like this team is still going to be as fun as always. And, you know, they might they might take a few more losses. I, I don't know personally, it's but baseball. that's yeah. that's a good start to the season. That's a good start for someone that didn't care about baseball that much to be able to be like hey this is really cool yeah. and you know if i'm in that boat then i know a whole bunch of other people <laughs> this, this is what is exciting and i don't want to get off we're, we're you know about then i don't want to get off on a tangent about saving the game of baseball yeah these these blowouts and home runs this is what gets people into it and yeah i don't yeah. want to hate on dave van horn but like playing the game the right way you know <laughs> let's let's bunt let's play some small ball there was and as long as we lose the right way we're doing all we're right. Doing all there right. was a specific instance i was watching i can't remember if it was game one or it must have been game two because Tennessee was down they were yeah. down three to nothing, nothing yeah. and I forgot who it was was looking at a 3-0 pitch and there were two dudes on there was a man on first and second and <laughs> I remember thinking that they were like oh there's kind of an unwritten rule in baseball you don't swing on 3-0 and obviously I knew that but I was like swing the bat <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking like about send this thing to the moon yeah. what are you yeah. talking yeah. about <laughs> I've, I've got to ask you real quick speaking of like the, the game itself. What do you think of Vanderbilt's little watches, the little electronic things? I don't know, man. I, I was I saw that. I mean, I'm, I you know I never played baseball outside of high school, so and that was totally different atmosphere. But like, yeah, it seems to me that that's going to take away from from the skills of the players learning to adjust on the fly and mm-hmm. kind of read in that bat, yeah. read a position, and you know this the, you know hitter goes here, so let me shade this way. It's, yeah. it's all coming from. A watch. Yeah, from a watch that tells you what to do. You're just not going to have the same same development. And I get, you know, catchers have their signs because they got so much to do. Like, that's fine just to have it all there. Yeah. But you still call it yourself and all. I don't know. I just, I think it takes away from the players and and how they can learn and grow in the game when the coaches are just feeding everything to them real time. They said on the broadcast, if they do that all season, catchers will not give a sign all season. Yeah. Like, that's that's crazy. crazy. So you're not going to know how to. How to learn how to learn exactly. Game. No, you're just gonna be relying on a coach. Yeah, I don't like that. I hate it too. I just want to hear your opinion. Yeah, so. I, I, <laughs> I mean, there there is a place for analytics, but like at some point, you just like, all right, just let them play. Exactly. We're gonna get to a point in the NBA where people are only shooting three pointers. That's kind of the equivalent. I feel like of what you guys oh, what, are talking yeah, about. Probably. Analytics you're, you're is right. becoming way too much. Yeah. Yeah, like, hopefully it, we get to that point. It, it's going to get to a point. <laughs> we're already pretty oh, close. We're, <laughs> we're already pretty close. Yeah. But, no, we got we got dudes shooting 70% three-pointers. Yeah. Like, that, that's going to become a thing. And people are – that's going to become a thing in baseball. And I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So, Tennessee baseball, they play Tennessee Tech Tuesday night. Or it's really Tuesday afternoon, 430. Then UNC Asheville again, 430 on Wednesday. And then their next weekend series against, against Iona. So as always, full coverage. UTDailyBeacon.com. There it is. I send it here today. This was a good one. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Keep pushing, Pete. Nice. <laughs>